Hello, and welcome to On Your Left, the politics podcast that's probably to your left. My name is Katrina Ames, and I use she, them pronouns. And I'm Renur Ali Sheth. I use she, her pronouns. We're in your podcast feeds every week, and we are fantastic, if I do say so myself. Um, so follow us if you haven't already, and if you have followed us, tell a friend about us. Who do you think would love to listen to two queer Asian American people talking about their lives and politics and how they intersect? I think lots of people would. We're a fresh, interesting perspective. Plus, uh, now that everybody is aware that Asians exist in America, you will seem trendy for knowing about us beforehand. Yeah, you're 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 the hipsters. And if you want to help us make this podcast as all the best hipsters also support artists, you can check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash onyourleftpod. You wouldn't just know us before we were cool, you would have supported us before we were cool. To, to the rest of the world, we are extremely cool. Yeah, we're just not popular. We're very cool. Yeah, yeah. All right, should we talk about some COVID news first before we get into the the real thing? Yeah, uh, let's talk about some COVID news because I don't want to be sad yet. And surprisingly, COVID, not the saddest part of today's episode. Yeah. <laughs> so American and European officials have just given up leverage that could have guaranteed vaccine access for billions of people, which risks prolonging the pandemic, uh, we decided to, you know, partner with these big uh, pharma companies and not write into our agreements and contracts that they would require vaccine access uh, to everyone. And now we're just taking up all those vaccines. Yeah. So, um... What is it? Health officials are calling on governments to force companies to publish the vaccine recipes and formulas and ramp up manufacturing, which I think they should do. Um, but this is big pharma we're talking about, and they don't like to share the love because they like money. And that is why the American healthcare system is so broken so so broke so bad it's so bad here um but ensuring that everyone has access to a vaccine is a big deal making sure everyone has access to a vaccine could stop variants from emerging because people will be vaccinated and not give the virus an opportunity to spread and considering we have multiple variants within the united states one very deadly south african variant one UK variant. We we need we need everyone to be vaccinated so the pandemic can stop. Um, yeah, and good news on March thirtieth, the United States will gain control of a five year old patent over a process of molecular engineering that made manufacturing these vaccines even possible. So what the United States could do if they wanted people to stop dying all across the world was just let people let people use the technology let people use the technology to create vaccines and help us not die yeah i don't know the us has a spotty track record with 
wanting wanting people to live um but fingers crossed they do um i believe the the current presidential administration does believe that people should survive this pandemic um which the last one didn't so fingers crossed fingers crossed yep um and just so everyone knows that we're not like being over dramatic about this or we're just like that we're just being honest uh and upfront that this is a real problem you should know that residents of wealthy and middle-income countries have received about 90% of the nearly 400 million vaccines delivered so far. Uh, and we are not 90% of the population of the world. No. Um, I remember early projections saw um, people in the african continent being fully vaccinated by 2024 because because that's how that that's how we treat people that's how that's how we treat people (laughs) and it doesn't like to be have this it's just a choice that we've made as a country and we can make a different choice but if you are if you were lucky enough to live in America, um, and if you're Muslim, uh, according to many Muslim groups, you are not breaking your Ramadan fast if you go get your COVID vaccine. Um, obviously, most vaccinations are scheduled throughout the day, and during Ramadan, if you're Muslim, you're not supposed to eat during the day. But this does not break your fast. Yes, uh, it's very important to note that. American Muslim groups are really working hard to, like, spread the word and talk to people about getting their vaccines and making sure that the Muslim community is not left out of our vaccination efforts. So I don't know. Call your auntie. I Let them know. Yeah. Tell people the vaccine is good. And, yeah, please. Neither of us are Muslim, but I it felt important to bring that in since it is Ramadan is quickly approaching and will be happening at the time when vaccines are eligible to pretty much everyone yeah and it's yeah it's it's interesting because like my religion also has a major fasting holiday um that's only eight days long but it's still one of those things where like you have to take your medicines at the one time you eat during the day if you eat during the day um so Hopefully everyone will be vaccinated by Pajushan, but if not, also it's not a it's not breaking your fast if you get your vaccine during Pajushan, which is usually in August or September. So hopefully everyone's already vaccinated by then in the US. But if not, you're not breaking your fast if you get the vaccine. You're just surviving. Yeah. Please do the thing and once again. I call your aunties. Put it in the WhatsApp. Do what you do. WhatsApps are wild these days. Man, please put it in the WhatsApp. That stuff spreads like wildfire. Mm. A small piece of good COVID news now is that American workers in food processing plants, including meat processing plants, which were a major source of the outbreak throughout the pandemic, uh, due to the way that we process meat in this country, and the company's complete disregard for their workers, uh, 
All of those workers are now eligible to receive the vaccine in the majority of the United States. There are still a few states that haven't gotten to up to it yet, but I would like the people that are in charge of preparing food I will eat to not be sick and not get sick while doing it. That would be great. Um, and to finish out the the good COVID news, um, which is such an oxymoron, uh, is that about 81.4 million people have received at least one dose of a COVID vaccine, including 44.1 million people who have been fully vaccinated by either the single-dose vaccine that J&J is doing or the two-dose uh, vaccines by Pfizer or Moderna, which is a lot of people. It's a lot of people. And... Um... Luckily, this includes a lot of the people that are frontline workers, uh, that are very elderly or have a condition that would make them more susceptible to getting a serious case of COVID. I'm so happy all of these people are vaccinated. I know that I started this segment by talking about how we're hogging all the vaccines, but I am also glad that people are vaccinated. Yeah. I mean... It's 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 a multifold issue because a we're hogging all the vaccines, but b pharma companies aren't releasing the formulas for the vaccines so that other companies can make vaccines. So yeah, and like we want everyone to be vaccinated. We want as many people as humanly possible to be vaccinated as fast as possible, and because of those two things, that's not going to happen. And we can start changing that on March 30th when the United States takes control of that patent. Call your people that represent you in the federal government. Yes. All right. Well, now on to the bad news for the day. <laughs> yeah. Our, so our main topic this week is the shooting that happened in Atlanta, Georgia this week. Yeah, um, so, uh, content warning, content warning, if this will be triggering to you or disturbing to you, um, we are going to be talking about the shooter a bit, and we are going to be talking about violence and, you know, violence against sex workers, so, content warning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just, you know, anti-Asian racism, violence against women, guns, boilerplate American nonsense. <laughs> um, Content warning, America. Yeah, yeah. We laugh <laughs> because we're in pain. <laughs> yeah. But, um, so to start us off, on Tuesday, March 16th, which will be about a week, uh, a week ago when you're listening to this episode, but it's only a couple days ago from when we are recording, um, Eight people were killed when a shooter targeted three different spas in the Atlanta area. Six of the victims were Asian women. Yeah, so that's the long and short of it. Um, but it's really important that we talk about the Asian-ness of it first. This shooting happened amid a growing number of anti-Asian hate incidents with a 150% increase in reported anti-Asian hate crimes within the last year, and this is almost 
directly because of the way uh, people in America have discussed COVID-19 and where it came from and why it came here. Um, yeah. Uh, things have definitely gotten worse uh, due to the pandemic and due to people using xenophobia and racism against Asians to try to blame someone else for these problems. <sighs> yeah, it's just interesting because it's like the second big crisis happens in America. In my lifetime, it's happened twice, where the second a massive crisis happens in America, Asians are blamed, and Asians are attacked, and it's horrible. And these are two different kinds of Asians, because um, it happened to Middle Eastern and South Asians when 9-11 happened, and now it's happening to um, more Eastern Asian people. And it's just all horrible. Uh, all scapegoating is bad. It doesn't help us solve the actual issues that are at play. It just makes people targets when they did nothing wrong. And no one's really to blame for this pandemic. Uh, and I could say, you know, like, Asians aren't a virus. But, like, does it matter anymore? Do I still have to say that we're people? Like... I'm sorry. I'm I'm very I'm very tired of forcing my of of white people forcing minorities to prove their humanity in some way or somehow. Yeah. Oh, uh speaking of white people that uh should be brought to question uh and like not have forcing us to prove our humanity. I'm just gonna I'm gonna go on a small tangent. It's not in the outline, and I'm sorry, but I am mad this week at GOP lawmaker Chip Roy. Chip Roy represents the 21st District of Texas, and he started off the hearing on anti-Asian hate and discrimination, which was already scheduled before the shooting. It was already scheduled, and he started off the hearing by... Uh, condemning China, calling us the thought police for saying that we should talk about anti-Asian hate, and standing by lynching. So, fuck you, Chip. You can discuss the issue, like, there are many issues in China, and the government, with the government of China, I have an extreme issue with the fact that there's a genocide happening there with Uyghur Muslims, but that's not what they're talking about. Um... You can talk about that without talking, without supporting racism against Asian people. There is a time and a place to discuss all of these issues, and I do think that he was wrong to do any of this. I think he was especially wrong for making the decision to continue with that statement because these were statements they were pre-prepared uh and he got the news that eight people had died including six working class asian women and decided that anti-asian hate still not an issue and also also can we talk about how like china has the the country china has nothing to do with asian american hate like hate against Asian Americans. It 
his comments were completely irrelevant, they were unnecessary, and they were insulting. Uh, And that is basically the first... We're going to explore a lot of aspects of the shooting and how people have talked about it. But it is rooted in our Asian-ness. We are both Asian, I am Thai, Narali is Indian, and we're also, we're both born here and have experienced racism only as Asian Americans. Every other country is irrelevant. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, this is, like, it, obviously not to say that racism doesn't exist in other countries. It does. So does. Very clearly. But this, what happened here is specifically the result of america being america that 150 percent increase in reported anti-asian hate crimes in america is only what was what was reported and it directly correlates to when uh president trump and the republican party started referring to the covid19 pandemic as the kung flu or as the china virus it is very well documented that those two things coincided and it also resulted in just New York City, a 1,900% increase in hate incidents. All of this was preventable, or at the very least could have been lessened by our leaders, and they failed to do it, including Congressman Chip Roy, who will be up for re-election again in 2022, and is being called on to resign, if you want to do it faster. As he should be. Um... So I think we also want to talk about gender a little bit. Um, the shooter is claiming he had a sexual addiction. More on that later. And he was targeting these women to remove temptation. Uh, the World Health Organization estimates that one in three women worldwide have experienced physical or sexual violence. Now, the reason why he was targeting these women specifically to remove temptation is because one, they were Asian women and two, they were assumed to be sex workers. Um, and Asian womanhood is, is not easy. <laughs> Being perceived, uh, as an Asian woman, not even all the time. I get marked as like a white lady or Latina more often than people identify me correctly as Asian. I got that ambiguity that you see in cartoons all the time. Uh, <laughs> once again, I laugh because I'm in bang. But uh, when I am correctly identified as Asian, I very often get comments that are both anti-Asian and sexual for no reason. For no reason. Uh, the United States has a history of institutional racism that is very much so rooted in sex and and gender uh including the chinese exclusion act which was for a long time our only immigration law on the books uh looking at you every white person who ever told me that your family came here illegally when the only rule was that you couldn't be or look like a chinese person um but one of the reasons was they were worried that asian women would come here and would have kids and would it would or have kids with white people uh, and they expanded anti-miscegenation laws around that uh, because they were trying to protect the white race 
from Asian women. Yeah. Yep. It's just, it's, uh, God, this is, this is a slight tangent, but like, it's just so fascinating to hear about like this, this is American history of, of like how we didn't, the, uh, like the, the American government didn't want people to be mixed race or, and didn't want babies of non-white descent to exist. And then you hear like three weeks ago on Oprah, Meghan Markle saying the same exact thing about like how they didn't want a black baby in in the in the castle and i'm just like wow this is it it still exists all this crap historically existed and still exists this is happening now yeah it's rooted in our history but that doesn't mean it only existed within history these women were targeted because of a job they were perceived to have there has been um no confirmation that any of these workers were sex workers at all, but it was assumed so because they were Asian. And I saw people start to talk about that before they they knew anything about the victims, mm-hmm. just because these were happening yeah. at Asian spas. And it was just assumed. It was just assumed by people who live nowhere near Atlanta, yeah. have no information. Um, and... There's nothing wrong with being a sex worker, but it is wrong to assume someone is based solely on their race. Yeah, there's yeah, there's just so much happening there. Like it there's nothing wrong with being a sex worker and sex workers should also not be targeted with with hate crimes or um just on the books laws that target them constantly. Um police are known to have to try to infiltrate um sex worker uh how do i say this like police were known to have uh to claim that they were infiltrating a sex ring in order to break it up but then were found to have raped people and that's because sex working is so stigmatized and so perceived as so terrible. Um, so there's nothing wrong with being a sex worker. But also... You you might remember uh, not too long ago, two or three years ago now, uh, Patriots owner Robert Kraft, who was arrested in a Florida prostitution ring uh, for soliciting sex work from women, some of them Asian women. Um, I don't believe he was uh, convicted for his crime, but several of the women whose whose immigration status was used against them were charged with crimes when they were in vulnerable positions and the entire like arrest was allegedly made to protect them. Yep. And look, this is look, this is a race issue. It is a gender issue, and it is a class issue because whether or not these women were sex workers is not necessarily something I care about or is relevant to the case because um, they were people who were killed at work while trying to make a living and provide for themselves and their families during a pandemic. We should stop criminalizing sex work 
Uh, but these women were targeted because of their job, because of what their job was perceived to be. And it it doesn't matter if you're Asian or you're white or black or brown. We want to get home safely to our families at the end of the day. And just trying to survive under capitalism should not be a death sentence. This is two weeks in a row that we're talking about women dying because just just because just because we exist like i am just so tired yeah we people shouldn't be punished for existing for trying to make their life work you the uk police uh after the sarah everard murder went door to door to warn women not to go out or not to go out alone and there is nothing wrong with being a woman with going out alone with expecting for the people around you to not murder you there is a lot wrong with men who are murderers and it does seem to be a man problem (laughs) yeah uh the violence against women is (laughs) very much so recorded in several of these incidents of mass shooting. It is one of the best indicators of whether or not someone will be a mass shooting is whether or not they have been convicted of of domestic abuse or stalking. And we could just not do this. We could just not do this anymore. Yeah. Um. (sighs) This is also an issue of the gun lobby. And the fact that it is incredibly easy in America to get guns. It is so ridiculously easy. In where I live, in Pennsylvania, I know for a fact that I could get an assault rifle uh, in probably less than five minutes. And I'm going to be honest, guys, I am definitely depressed and I should not have access to a gun. At any point in my life. But it'd be super easy for me to get one. Not to hurt other people. But to most likely to hurt myself. And that's not okay. No. Um. That's not okay. Um. It's also not okay that. Um. The uh. Alleged murderer. Um. Who was arrested for killing these eight people. Bought his gun on the same day that he killed these people. He passed an instant background check, which... Did you have to get a background check for your job? Because I've had to get a background check for one of my jobs. And those are intensive things. Uh, I did have to show a background check for my job. I had one that was within date. Uh, they They need one every two years. Every two years. So... I had one that I got in 2019 that I have to do again this summer. Uh, And it took a long ass time to get these clearances. It took actually doing the thing, which took several hours, and then waiting a few weeks for a response. Uh, This instant background check with, you know, once again, no waiting period, no mandatory safety classes. Uh, This man walked into a store bought a gun it took him like a few minutes yeah 
I, I don't understand what instant background check means, but um, there was there was no waiting period. There was no safety class, which you know, I, we ha- we have to do mandatory six hours to operate a vehicle. I think there should be at least a mandatory six hours of of training by a professional to operate a gun. They don't even <laughs> trust you in New Jersey to pump your own gas. Like, we gotta do something. <laughs> <laughs> uh we should say like in georgia what's happening right now is bad this did happen in georgia and the gun safety laws are basically non-existent uh right now voters are more closely scrutinized in georgia as with the republican party trying to make it even harder to vote there uh but this man bought a gun killed eight people all on the same day Super hard to register to vote, though. Yep. <laughs> Nothing more to say than that. But yeah, there's there's also a 24-hour waiting period in Georgia to get an abortion. Um, and that's because they don't want you to be impulsive about, you know, what is probably a very difficult decision to get an abortion. Um, even, even going with their arguments, and we'll probably get this into this more in a minute, but uh, being raised in a Christian household, I was taught that uh, abortion would mean killing a life. Did I know what abortion was? No. Did I know what sex was? No. But I did know that much. Uh, I was taught that. And you know what? It, I can end a lot of lives with a gun. Wouldn't be that hard. So maybe we should be preventing impulsive decision making that could lead to death under their arguments. In more than one area. In, in more than one area of our law, we could just prevent death more. Yeah. <sighs> Alright, well, let's talk about religion, I guess. Uh, do you want to go first as the non-Christian person? Yeah, so um, a lot of people are discussing the shooter's Southern Baptist ties and how sexual repression is a key element of these conservative Christian teachings. Um, Any sort of sexual attraction can be seen as an addiction, which, yeah, so his addiction was not a formal diagnosis of an addiction. Um, the, The church the shooter went to also emphasized punishment to those who did not follow Christ, saying that they were like, gonna be slain and we're hanging out with satan and we're going to hell and all those fun things um (laughs) and it's 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 just very clear to me that he externalized his shame about having sexual fantasies and punished other people for it who he perceived as only sexual beings because of course women can't be three-dimensional we only exist to to be sexual objects for men you you know you're being sarcastic but that's more or less exactly what i was taught uh i was taught with the idea that uh first of all that women don't experience sexual pleasure uh i I was assigned (laughs) female at birth and i'm married i'm a sexually active person and i feel okay admitting to that on the internet and yeah uh (laughs) as it turns out there's pleasure involved it's not just like a punishment or a thing that your husband does to you so he doesn't sexually sin on his own or with someone else. It's a problem. It's a real problem in, a, in the 
the like Christian church because it's this it's a part of the patriarchy it's a part of a white narrative it is a institution that has consistently decided to prioritize stopping the sexual sin of men by controlling women instead of stopping sexual crime which hurts everyone yeah so um the the church is also part of a group called founders ministries uh which uh this is the first i'm hearing about this but also i i am not a christian person um never was never a christian um didn't grow up in it the way a lot of people have um but they have described white fragility like the idea of white fragility which is like uh white guilt which as racism and called critical race theory godless and materialistic ideologies according to the washington post who reported on this um i so so the, the church the church this guy went to which he was baptized twice also in this church which i don't understand that but okay um but yeah, this this church doesn't believe that racism is a thing that should be, you know, explored or discussed at all. Look, I, as someone who is Christian, like, it is well known that uh, Southern Baptist churches, uh, especially white Southern Baptist churches, there's a difference, but uh, have explicitly been incredibly conservative, have been incredibly controlling, uh, have often had ties to things like the Ku Klux Klan historically. Not saying that about this church specifically, I don't know the details. We know they have these ties, we know that they are extreme, we're all aware of it. Uh, personally, not in that sect of Christianity, but like, yeah. Am I called to take responsibility for what these people are doing in the name of my religion, just as I would would like to take credit for like what Martin Luther King Jr. did because I would honestly I would a little bit but like that's not what's happening now what's happening now is that people are being taught to kill and murder people who look like me because I might tempt them and I don't know I don't really want to go back to like physical church once it's safe because apparently it's filled with mass murderers all of the reportings of every mass shooting has assured me that the churches are filled with mass murderers. Doesn't seem safe. Yeah, which isn't to say that they're explicitly saying kill women or kill Asian women or kill black people. They're not they're not explicitly saying that, but they are saying that non-believers are are bad people who sh who deserve to go to hell, and then some people internalize that and believe I'm the person who should be exacting out this justice. They they think they're doing the right thing by removing the temptation or removing these sinners and non-believers from the world. As if like one of the first things that God told us to do was to not murder each other. We got like 10 laws and he simplified them to two rules wait, and we're terrible wait, the, at all of them. There, there isn't an asterisk that's like thou shalt, shalt not kill asterisk only other Christians. Yeah, it's so weird. Like people, t ugh. We're just- Also a lot of these- So bad. Yeah, a lot of these women are Korean who died and um, 
there are a lot of Christian Koreans. There's so many. I, I personally know a lot of Korean people who are Christian. So it's just like, it's like you, you colonize the world, you convert the world to Christianity, and then you kill, kill us anyway. Like, what is, what was even the point? We could have, I would have been fine. Wouldn't have been <laughs> fine without all of this. Um. Anyways, it's been a hard time. And yeah. like, I am so tired of seeing arguments about like, this is this this is about sexism or this is about race or this is about religion, uh, and I'm just I'm tired. I'm so angry and I'm so sad, and I'm so tired of having to explain that it's not just one thing. Yeah, it's everything. It's like the current political climate, but it's also the long history. It's it's not just the fact that they were women. It's also that they were asian and also it was that they were working class because they were at a workplace doing their job it's it's everything it's everything it's it's so many things uh and like that doesn't make it a simple narrative and i'd like to apologize for that but not really because like i didn't cause these problems white supremacy caused these problems the patriarchy caused these problems our refusal to pass gun safety laws caused these problems. The Europeans colonizing the whole world <laughs> in the name of like Catholicism and Christianity caused these problems. We're just dealing with it now. And also, don't apologize for 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 the complex narrative for not having a simple narrative because the only people who get to have a simple narrative are white men. The rest of us don't, we don't get to have a simple narrative. We don't get to just make our way through the world. Yeah, we don't get to just say that we were having a bad day and then kill eight people. Um, what do you do when you have a bad day, Katrina? Because I think a lot of people are having bad days right now and might want to hear. Uh, yeah. About how we, how we deal with things. Uh, so things I've done, you know, this weekend to try to uh, give myself a little bit of a break from managing the digital uh platforms of an asian organization during a really rough time is uh i watched some anime with my husband i ordered taco bell on doordash i'm planning yeah. to paint my nails and maybe do a face mask later because you know what my skin my skin deserves something good after all this stress <laughs> what do you do when you're having a bad day um I eat food. I love eating. I just have I just have chewy chips ahoy, which has been like a comfort food from when I was a child, and I like eating it. My sister just got me bubble tea, so I'm gonna drink that. Um, I what else do I do other than eat things? Um, I listen to music. I listen to a lot of music, and it's just something that takes my mind off of things. And then I we watched a lot of Top Chef this weekend. And that really helped. Also, there are some amazing Asian American chefs on Top Chef. And that's really, it was really nice to see just like cool Asian American women doing their thing, making amazing food and being rewarded for it. It was cool. Yeah. These all sound really nice. And I would urge people to make sure that they are taking care of themselves during what's a really hard time. 
uh, but there's also more you can do. So here's how you can act. First of all, I would support the Atlanta chapter of Asian Americans Advancing Justice if you were involved as an Asian person uh, in the Georgia runoff elections, you probably coordinated through them. They are working directly with the Asian community in Atlanta and all of the families involved uh, in, I'm going to be honest, was probably one of the worst days of their lives. And uh, they didn't kill anyone. I am mad at the police for excusing these murders. Well, have you seen that picture of the police department? Oh, I have seen it. I have seen it. And I'm yeah. mad about that, too. It's like, it's like, we don't, we, like, yes, all cops are bad, but it's even worse when they're all white, especially in Atlanta. They're all white <laughs> cops in Atlanta that have showed that, that own shirts that blame Asian people for COVID. Yep. So we're yep. just... It's a hard time. So the Atlanta chapter of Asian Americans Advancing Justice have their work cut out for them. Uh, you can support the fundraiser for the families directly through them. Several of the families have made GoFundMe in addition to that to pay for the funeral costs. Um, and I do, if you can support them financially, please do that. That would be a, a big help to the families during this time. Also, um, if you don't uh, have the cash right now to spare, you can always do the annoying thing, be annoying, call your senators about the Violence, Violence Against Women Act. The House has reauthorized the Violence Against Women Act. This law provided funding for the investigation and prosecution of domestic and other interpersonal violence, including stalking and sexual assault. Um, the bill also establishes new policies to help abuse victims remain in stable housing, which is huge. Adva expand red flag laws to block people convicted of dating abuse or stalking from accessing guns, which would be super helpful. Um, <laughs> and broaden protections against abuse for Native American women, which is a, a massive problem. Um, and it's not talked about nearly enough. Um, and it's going to the Senate for a vote. So, um, tell them to vote for the Violence Against Women Act so that, you know, fewer people get gunned down and, uh, fewer people get raped. And, you know, we can, we can walk through the world a tiny, tiny bit safer. A tiny, tiny bit, bit safer. Uh, if you want to work specifically on gun safety laws, the House also just recently passed two different gun safety laws that would provide for universal background checks. So you can call your senator about passing those, because why is it taking the Senate so long to take action on this these bills that more than 90% of Americans support? So there's H.R. 8, the Bipartisan Background Check Act of 2021, and H.R. 1446, the, which is called the Enhanced Background Checks Act of 2021. They both passed the House, and the Senate needs to take action on gun violence because it is literally killing us. Usually when I say that, I'm not actually speaking literally, but this time, it is literally killing us. Yep. And it has been. It has been for years and years and years, and we all know this. We've all been through so many school shootings now. And so just there's just so much bullshit 
surrounding the gun control laws in this country. But now, now the Democrats are in charge, you know? So if everyone just, if every Democrat votes yes on a universal background check law, and then Kamala Harris can be like the tie-breaking vote, we can have universal background checks. Yeah, and if we need to get rid of the filibuster to do it, I mean, I'm fine with that. I'm fine I'm okay with that. With getting rid of something that has basically only been used since the Jim Crow era to uh to just get rid of it, so that we can actually make progress in this country because we're dying. Um, I mean, the filibuster is currently stopping a bill that ninety percent of Americans want 90 90 that that means that something's wrong and needs to change yeah it's just it's been so much there are so many things we could get done uh we could pass gun safety laws we could get lgbt equality we could uh, we could make things safer for women and for people of color we could pass voting rights and look um it's just an option. It's an option that we could pursue, maybe talk to your senator about it and be like, what's with this bullshit? Because, uh, like, two weeks ago, I listened to a podcast that started just by naming a few cities, and I didn't understand what they were doing until a couple of minutes in when they went, uh, they went Orlando, Las Vegas, Pittsburgh, Parkland, yep. San and it just, it goes on. It goes on for so long. And it doesn't have to. We can stop this. So, um, finally, uh, the last thing you can do if you are white, um, is just please, for the love of God, stop. You can Google how to pronounce these women's names. You can look at a map and figure out what countries are considered Asian. You don't have to ask people on the internet. You don't have to ask Asians which countries are Asian. There are a lot of them. There are, there are a lot of countries that are Asian. Please just use google.com. Um, stop asking for labor from marginalized groups. Stop asking, what can I do? What can I do when the resources are right there? Um, and, and like, yeah, just stop asking for labor from, from us in the wake of a tragedy when people are mourning, when people are very upset, um, when you can just easily use Google. And also, um, don't, please don't post a yellow square. Yeah, I don't like. There are so many reasons why we shouldn't have to say this, uh, but I think we're just gonna leave it at that. Don't just post a yellow square. I don't do it. Uh, like, oh god, I, I'm just. I don't even. Don't, don't do it. I don't want to explain it. <laughs> Look, uh, you can Google that. You yeah. can Google why it's bad. Yeah, there are a lot of options for you to move forward. There are lots of things you can do to actually support Asian communities on the ground in Georgia or wherever you live. That is absolutely an option for what you can do. Please don't forget about us in a week when the next emergency happens. Yeah. Because there's gonna be another. This is America. <sighs> Look, um, let's talk about some good things. I think we yeah, can use some good things. Yeah. So I think you should take this first one because you've been talking about it this the whole time we've had this podcast. 
So the House recently passed two immigration bills that would establish a path to citizenship for millions of undocumented people, including dreamers, and also farm workers. Uh, this is going to be a big deal. The American Dream and Promise Act of 2021 would grant citizenship, would give them a way to be citizens. And this country, which is basically all they've ever known, the average dreamer came here at the age of six. I don't have any memories really from before I was six. Um, it would also grant green cards to many immigrants who have fled war or natural disasters and are residing in the U.S. with temporary protected status. And that's a, that's a good thing. It also is a bill with bipartisan support. Does that necessarily matter? Eh. A little bit. These people are a part of our country. They are a part of our economy. They are a part of our communities. They are a part of our neighborhoods, our schools. They are our friends and our neighbors. And I just want them to be safe. This shouldn't be something that my friends have to worry about when they've been here their whole lives. So... Let's also bother the Senate about this again. Yes, there's a lot to bother the Senate about. Um, but I'm going to talk about some good news that we don't have to bother anyone about because it's just great. <laughs> um, uh, and it's that in Taiwan, there is uh, something called salmon chaos happening um, because a uh, chain of sushi restaurants... Um, decided to do a promotion in which if your name was Gui Yu, which are the Chinese characters for salmon, you would be entitled to an all-you-can-eat sushi meal along with five friends. So they so people in in Taiwan decided we're gonna we're gonna just change our names to salmon. We're gonna change our names to Gui Yu. Cause why not? Um the issue does come because uh, you're only allowed to change your name three times officially. Um, and Taiwanese officials aren't happy about it because they're just like, this is, why are you making more paperwork for us? This is a lot. But um, I don't know. It just sparks joy. I don't, I'm just imagining a very happy like trans person with a very gender neutral name like Gui Yu, which a bunch of other people now have. <laughs> what a great time to be alive. What a time to be alive. You don't have to out yourself as trans. You can just be like, yeah, I did it for free sushi. I did it for free sushi. <laughs> no explanations needed. <laughs> Get, I, like the, the, the promotion has ended. So you cannot get free sushi anymore for yourself and five friends if you rename yourself Guiyu or you add those characters to your name. But I think you should anyway. It's an <laughs> because action. why not? Um, <laughs> oh man, I love I love this story so much. It just makes me so happy. I think we just needed some joy, and this this provided yeah. it. Um, one other piece of good news is that President Joe Biden has succeeded in his goal of getting 100 million vaccine shots distributed in his administration in his first 100 days in office, and he did it with, like, 40 days to spare, so, like, 
once again, we might be calling the vaccines, but at least we're actually vaccinating people, unlike before, when we were hugging the vaccines and not vaccinating people. Again, the more people that are vaccinated, the fewer people are gonna get COVID, which is a good thing. Let's all not die, everyone. Yeah. And let's all not die because um, I really want to try this this thing that we're going to talk about in our mango fact section. Do you want to tell us our mango fact? Yeah, so Pepsi is introducing a new permanent flavor. Pepsi Mango! That's it. That's all I got. I just... I, I'm very stressed at the idea of Pepsi Mango. <laughs> it's either gonna be so great and delicious, or it's gonna be terrible, and I'm gonna be so mad. And I don't know which, but I'm gonna try it. Yeah. I mean, we were talking before before we started recording about the another Pepsi mango product that exists, which is the Brisk Iced Tea Mango Fiesta flavor, um, which is good. I, I really like it. It's a bit too sweet, but it's good. Um, but also, that's an iced tea. You can do fruit iced teas. I don't know. I only know about cherry coke. Yeah. That's that's a fruit. But that's like that's like a maraschino cherry flavoring. Yeah. Like, I didn't think is... I was going to like that. But I, so I might like this. I might like it. I don't know. I've liked a lychee sprite before. It is not an official flavor. I just added that it. so good. It is good. It's really good. So this might work. Mm -hmm. I'm cautiously but optimistic. My my issue is that it's Pepsi. Like, it's a dark cola. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, hmm, with fruit? I don't know. I'm a little sus. I'm a little, I'm, I'm a little suspicious. But I am going to try it. <laughs> yeah, it's going to come out, and then we're both going to film reaction YouTube videos. That's what's going <laughs> to Um... Anyways, I'm in a much better mood now, so uh, thank you everyone for listening and going through this roller coaster of an episode with us. Uh, yeah. If you want to find me throughout the week, I'm at Katrina Ames on YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, and Twitch. Where can we find you online, Nerali? Uh, you can find me at Firewood Sparkler on YouTube, where there's going to be a new video, which it's gonna be. It's gonna be great i'm actually posting a video um also twitter also twitch and um that that's it pretty much um you can also find us on patreon at patreon.com slash on your left pod if you want to support two asian americans live in in the world um or you can go on bookshop.org slash shop slash on your left pod uh to uh see some of our favorite asian american books um, and also, uh, support the podcast a little bit so you can buy great books by Asian American authors and also support us. So you're supporting a bunch of Asian Americans that way. So definitely check out, uh, bookshop.org slash shop slash on your left pod. This has been the on your left podcast about the Atlanta shooting. Goodbye. Goodbye.